coming up on Shop Talk. I uh, work with people all the time that are frankly shocked by the idea that there's a uh, international fraud ring targeting their business. Right. Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego. And I'm Yale Holder. And this is the March 2022 edition of Shop Talk with Moneris. Welcome to the Shop Talk podcast, Yale. Thank you very much, Al. Yale, you're the VP of Customer Experience at Moneris. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that role? Well, uh, once a merchant becomes a new customer at Moneris, it's my team's responsibility to ensure that customer has the necessary support to continue operating the business with as little interruption as possible. We support all our customers' needs, whether it's financial, technical, or even a new customized solution for them. We have close to 200 service center agents to support our small independent businesses and a dedicated team of service managers who take care of our large relationships, enterprises, ISVs, ISOs, and other partnerships. And we work closely with the partnership and product teams on this. And finally, we support chargeback operations for all our customers. Your team must deal with all sorts of issues. Yes. And like I said before, we take care of everything from financial and technical issues to fraud. We're the first point of contact. So you mentioned fraud, which is why you're here today, because March is Fraud Prevention Month. And that's the theme of our episode. Makes sense. So I guess the obvious question then is, why is fraud prevention important? Fraud disrupts the normal activities of a business, and it can come at a considerable cost. Loss of revenue, along with goods and services, plus the time to manage and deal with it, including working with authorities in many cases. Taking some simple steps to prevent fraud and build healthy payment practices can mitigate the impact of fraud and keep our customers' businesses flowing smoothly. Now, I know that entrepreneur and business owners are already likely experts in whatever they do for business. It seems daunting to think they also have to be experts in preventing fraud. The good news is there are a lot of great tips, practices, and tools available online at Moneris.com that can minimize the risk of fraud to your business. Well, hopefully today's episode will provide some of that important information. Who do we have lined up? Well, our feature interview is with Rich Stuppy. He's the Chief Customer Experience Officer at Count. Count is an industry lead in fraud prevention. Rich will have some great insight. And then I have Sean Colonia. He's the Director of Business Banking Fraud at BMO uh, with our Buy the Numbers segment. Hmm, I bet he'll have some great data as well. And our very own VP of Enterprise Risk Management, Daniel Trunzo, will answer this month's Ask the Expert question. Ah, yes. Daniel certainly qualifies as an expert. And I work very closely with Daniel. So we'll begin with my feature interview with Rich Stuppy from Count. Here's my chat with Rich. Featured interview. I'm here with Rich Stuppy. He's the Chief Customer Experience Officer at Count. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rich. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on this podcast about National Fraud Month in Canada. Before we begin, why don't we tell us a bit about what Count does? Sure. Count uh, is a, a fraud protection company. So we help businesses uh, like payment processors, retailers, mm-hmm. and really any sort of digital business protect themselves from people that use stolen credit cards stolen identities and stolen credentials to commit fraud on their digital businesses. Okay. So 
March is Fraud Prevention Month, and that's the uh, theme of our episode. So why don't we just start, I mean, with the obvious question, why is fraud prevention important? Yeah, uh, great question. And mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really fundamental to understand that there are people that are trying to steal from your business or cause brand damage. Mm-hmm. And that has many, many negative downstream consequences from the obvious of losing money and goods, et cetera. Uh, but also it can cause reputational damage in the industry. And the bottom line is all of those things are a horrible customer experience for the people that you're trying to serve with your business. Uh, Agreed for sure. Uh, So when talking about fraud, I mean, there's different types of fraud, obviously for our listeners, uh, what, what types of fraud would, should they be uh, concerned about? Yeah, I think what the the trends that I see Mm -hmm. are fraudsters are attacking every point in the customer journey, in particular, the payment. Mm -hmm. So uh, a fraud check prior to payment where, you know, they're using very good data. They are uh, using uh, stolen credit cards. So maybe they're doing card testing. That, That payment point is a key moment in that customer journey, but they're attacking all of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, even post-payment fraud, where it's either refund fraud or uh, first party or what the industry calls friendly fraud, although it's certainly not friendly in my book. Right. Uh, that that's an uh, that's a real issue. And then we also see things like account takeover mm-hmm. and other things where they're they're attacking maybe a loyalty program or attacking maybe a a wallet of some sort. It's really all across the customer journey that these professional fraudsters are targeting small, medium, and even enterprise businesses. They're all being targeted. Now, when we talk about prevention measures, what what measures are already in place to protect customers and merchants from fraud? Great question again. Uh, Count's relationship with Moneris. So we have implemented our comprehensive fraud control platform that really is layered protection across every aspect of the evaluation for fraud, whether it's device, uh, PII, Mm -hmm. email signals, physical signals, digital signals, AI and machine learning, all of that is implemented into our integrated partnership with Moneris. And we've customized that to make it available for enterprise customers, as well as the, the small to medium business because sometimes the concerns that they have on those classes of businesses will be a little bit different. So with our, with our relationship, the, the protections are, are in place, as you said. So you talk about some of the, the, the count products that, yeah, certainly are integrated in, in, in a lot of the Moneris products. But they're also, I mean, tools such as CVV, AVS, uh, 3D Secure that are also measures that, that are kind of ubiquitous. And in, in if, you're, if you're a credit card holder, for example, you already know about some of these, right? Yeah, yeah, you bet. And those are incorporated mm-hmm. in an adjacent manner right. to the count core system. So certainly AVS and CVV can be important. And the ability to do a step-up authentication with 3DS, equally important, depending on the objectives of a particular business. And I think that's what's important is having all the tools available to implement the right suite for a business's particular objectives and the way they want to treat their customers. So what advice would you give to a business owner to protect their business from fraud outside of the tools available? What kind of common sense steps can they take with their business? Sure. I think, I think first and foremost mm-hmm. is awareness, right? Because 
I uh, work with people all the time that are frankly shocked by the idea that there's a uh, international fraud ring targeting their business. Right. And so you have to be observant for indicators. And, and I would also say that you might also think about the idea that uh, once you've detected it, it might be too late. So it's about layering in those protections mm-hmm. in advance to make sure you have the sensors to make it easier to detect and the controls to make it easier to take action should you become a target of a fraud ring or one of these organized crime businesses. Now, I mean, some people might think, well, why, why should I worry? I'm, I'm just, for example, an online merchant selling, you know, with an online store. But I mean, what's probably important for them to understand, especially when it comes to card testing, those are prime targets for fraudsters who want to test a bunch of cards really quickly, right? They, they, they look for those small stores. Yeah. Great point there. Mm. And this is another part of the awareness concept, because if you're running a digital business, you can be a victim of fraud and they're not even looking to get the goods that you're selling. Right. They're looking to, to use your rails, for lack of a better word, to test and validate whether or not a stolen credit card still works. And then once they get the determination that the current card still works and it's still open to buy, then they go target a bunch of other stores as quickly as they can right. uh, to monetize that card before it gets turned off. Exactly. So in that, in that example there, if ever you get a statement and you see a, a, a large amount, a large quantity of small $1 purchases or canceled purchases, you know that you're, you've probably just been targeted in a card testing scheme. A- absolutely. Hmm. And the tools that card testers and fraudsters in general have a- available to them now in terms of automation and programmatically attacking individual businesses, they've come a long, long way right. in the last couple of years. They've gotten a lot better. And we're, we're hearing about and seeing and stopping uh, automation-driven card testing attacks on literally uh, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I mean, aside from awareness, and that's the big one, what would you want to leave our listeners with? Another piece of advice that you might want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, um, I think it's important to understand the knock-on effects of fraud. And one of those knock-on effects is it can dramatically change the data that represents your customer to you. Mm -hmm. Even if you're defending against fraud perfectly, but they're going through your funnel and they are executing purchases or attempting purchases and those later get reversed or stopped uh, to prevent the fraud. You have to be careful to kind of subtract those clicks and those visits from your journey metrics and your ad campaigns and your ROI calculations because they never actually happened and they weren't actually good customers. And when you do that subtraction, it can dramatically change your perception of the customers that you deal with on a daily basis. That's a great point. Uh, Thank you so much for your time today, Rich. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I was born in March and I'm super happy that uh, March is Fraud Protection Month in Canada. And I look forward to working with folks to fight the fraudsters because that's what we're here for. That's great. It sounds like you were born in the right month. Indeed. (laughs) All right. Have a good day. As a business owner, change comes at you fast. That's why Moneris is right by your side as you innovate and adapt so you can get paid. 
With solutions for businesses of all shapes and sizes, we're proud to help Canadians like you achieve their goals. From online, in-store, curbside, and pickup solutions, Moneris is there to help your business succeed every step of the way. To talk to one of our business advisors, call one 866 or visit Moneris.com. By the numbers. I'm here with uh, Sean Colonia. He's the new director of fraud strategy uh, for North American business banking at BMO. Thank you for joining me today, Sean. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Well, so what number do you have for me today? Well, from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center, since the beginning of the pandemic, fraud in Canada has risen between 600 and 800 percent. That's a big number. Well, it continues to grow. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center, last year, there were over 74,500 Canadian reports of fraud, Mm -hmm. which was up from over 71,000 the year prior. There were also 50,666 Canadian victims of fraud, up from 42,100 in the year 2020. And here's a big number for you. Yeah. $269 million. That's the amount of money that was lost last year to fraud and more than double the year prior of just under $106 million. That's incredible. And I mean, I guess most of this, I guess, is pandemic related, would you say? I would definitely say that. Mm-hmm. And I should also add that, unfortunately, these numbers are only from people that reported it. Right. There's a lot of people that have not reported that they were victims of fraud mm-hmm. because they were hesitant, a little embarrassed and a little ashamed. But I personally think that we need to remove the stigma right. of being a victim of fraud. Fraud can happen to anyone. Yeah. And the more that we know about fraud, the more that we can do to prevent it. That's a good point. I mean, uh, we, we can't prevent it if we don't know what the problem is or where the problem's coming from. That's exactly it. I think it's uh, important to know that it happens to everybody mm-hmm. uh, on different uh, degrees of uh, severity. But the more that we talk about it, the more we can be more proactive and recognize when fraud's about to occur before it happens. Right. Now, in terms of uh, uh, fraud threats, uh, you've got uh, kind of three main categories that that they fall under. What would they be? Yeah, the three main events that we see impacting many businesses today Mm -hmm. are digital fraud, payment fraud, and identity theft. And digital fraud is when customer information is accessed, often online through passwords that are stored in email. Yeah. And funds are obtained online through account takeovers. Payment fraud is when you have your credit card stolen, a gift card stolen, fraudulent checks are used as payment, or when fraudsters pose as business owners, asking company staff members to send wires on their behalf. Wires are significantly more difficult to recover once they arrive at the recipient bank. Right. Lastly, identity theft. This one we've heard a lot of. It's a combination of fake and real information to create a new identity that is used to obtain credit or open up accounts in your name and then using those accounts for criminal activity. Now, I mean, I know I I kind of said earlier that this is probably pandemic related. It's easy to blame everything on the pandemic. But why exactly is this happening? I think the rise can be attributed to a few factors. Mm -hmm. For one, people are spending more time at home which allows them to be online more and increases security risks when they're working remotely. Also remember that crime is profitable and portable. Cybercrime is global and can happen anywhere, anytime. From that, fraudsters are exploiting the e-commerce boom. And believe it or not, another reason why uh, fraud is happening uh, more often is because there's staffing shortages. Businesses are operating with reduced, overworked, or distracted staff 
And there isn't a lot of time for people to stop and think and ask themselves, yeah. does this make sense? That makes complete sense. I mean, uh, when, when you're tired, you make more mistakes, right? Absolutely correct. So what are some of the recommendations BMO is making to prevent fraud? What we're recommending mm-hmm. is just to step back and think about the transaction itself or the request. Does it make sense? If right. somebody's asking you for personal information, think, do I really need to give it out? Is it a requirement? Is it mandatory? Slow down and be skeptical of what links you're clicking on or the attachments that you're being asked to open. Be critical of anything that is sent to you by way of an anonymous email. Mm-hmm. Stay note on unsolicited calls or emails. Use biometrics to upgrade your passwords and don't use common data bursts or number sequences for yeah. a PIN number. Sign up for account alerts for purposes of fraud detection. Make sure your financial institution's contact information is up to date so you can be contacted quickly if they need to contact you. And just plan a response. Pretend that you're going to be a victim of fraud Mm -hmm. and think to myself, if and when it does occur, who do I want to contact and how will I contain the fallout before it happens? That's great. And I, I want to say the use biometrics. I love that. I do that now with my, my banking app. Not only is it more secure, it's faster. I mean, why wouldn't you use your, your fingerprint to, to log into your bank? I'm always forgetting my, my banking password. So biometrics is a lifesaver. It is a lot more difficult to replicate a thumbprint right. than it is a pin number. Exactly. Correct. Okay, great. So before I let you go, uh, what, what are some uh, messages you want to leave us with uh, regarding fraud prevention? Well, fraud is a public security threat. And at Bank of Montreal, we take protection of our customers' information very seriously. Mm -hmm. It's our job to help our business owners understand the threats. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask your banker, does this seem legitimate? Am I being conned? Or can you provide me with any guidance or advice on how I can perhaps prevent fraud? Okay. And uh, where could people learn more about what BMO is doing in terms of fraud prevention? I'd recommend everybody to visit bmo.com forward slash security for fraud prevention tips for your business. Thank you so much for your time today, Sean. It's been a pleasure. I'll always happy to chat fraud. Excellent. Ask an expert. Right. I'm speaking today with Daniel Trunzo. He's the VP of Enterprise Risk Portfolio Management at Moneris. Daniel, thank you so much for taking time today. Hi, pleased to uh, meet everyone. So we've heard now from Count and from BMO and from your colleague Yale about the importance of fraud prevention and some different tools that are available for fraud prevention. Uh, The question we'd like you to answer is what are some things business owners can do right now to prevent fraud? There's a lot uh, merchants can do and managing the fraud risk is always a multifaceted risk to manage and you know fraudsters and perpetrators always change your disguise and their approach so having a layer of controls and a multifaceted approach to deal with mm-hmm. fraud risk is always the way we you know give suggestions and recommendations to our merchants so some of those come down to you know what are the products or what are the more sophisticated things a merchant can add mm-hmm. and some of them can be very simple like if you're having someone in your own office do the cash flow management and reconciliations on a daily basis you know the sooner you detect something the better you are at mitigating and managing that Mm-hmm. Uh, having internal controls and authorities in your organization. So whoever's managing your payment acceptance account uh, is at arm's length or a different person. And there's some oversight on that with the bank account. Mm-hmm. And even just at the transaction level, like, you know, I speak from seeing many transactions uh, throughout our merchants history and different conversations where 
some small local businesses, you know, they may not need to necessarily accept a transaction from a very far country abroad where arguably they never fulfilled anything to or they're not having as customers. So if they're seeing an influx of all these payments coming from these places or card um, transactions, yeah, that should be suspicious or they can even, uh, you know, prevent or block some of those. Right. What's one key piece of advice you would give to our listeners about fraud prevention? To a degree, it also sometimes comes down to common sense and things that sometimes look too good to be true to a degree are and be mindful of things that become very seasonal in timing. And if someone's trying to rush you uh, right. for a transaction, you know, for instance, we see some peaks around when it's snow tire season, everyone's mm-hmm. rushing getting snow tires, and then you get that trend. And there's been other trends such as PPE, you know, for uh, the beginning part of the pandemic, it wasn't easy to get PPE uh, available. So then everyone became, you know, quick and scrambling to do transactions for PPE. And then some merchants got uh, hit with either them having made a payment for PPE, uh, where then they never got their PPE, right? right? So then merchants themselves as buyers have become victims where they're trying to buy PPE for their businesses. And uh, it turned out on the other end, there was just someone trying to get a rush transaction and speculate on it. So be wary uh, when things like that happen, where it's really trendy and timely, because that's the areas where fraudsters will attack is where there's a, a rush decision or a big demand about something or other. Now, Daniel, you have a bit of a reputation for having some great metaphors. Do you have any here you'd like to share before we let you go? (laughs) Sure. Let's see. Yeah. You know, I would say try to be safe. And uh, if your grandmother wouldn't do something, uh, think about her when something's happening in Mm -hmm. your business and uh, probably trust her judgment. So (laughs) use that little voice in your head sometime. Yeah, it goes a long way. Great. Thank you so much, Daniel, for your time today. Cheers. Pleasure. Save the day. I'm joined today by Amanda Ibrahim, communication specialist for our events and ESG team. Thank you for joining me today, Amanda. Thanks for having me, Al. We have three events to look forward to in March. The first one involves our CFO. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that one, Amanda? Yeah, sure. Coming up on March 7th, our Chief Financial Officer, Winnie Lung, will be featured at an International Women's Day event, mm-hmm. Dress for Success Toronto, Your Hour, Her Power. So what, what is uh, Dress for Success? Dress for Success Toronto is an organization with a mission to empower women to achieve economic independence mm-hmm. by providing a network of support professional attire and career development. Um, They've been helping women thrive in the workplace since 2009. So, and where can people get tickets for that event? Tickets will be available at toronto.dressforsuccess.org. Excellent. What else do we have this month? On March 11th, Moneris is sponsoring Greater Vancouver Board of Trades ICE Workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, ICE stands for Integrated E-Commerce Essentials. It's a workshop that helps businesses discover, learn, and create an integrated online strategy to drive global sales. Uh, where is the workshop being held? The workshop will be held at the Pan Pacific Hotel in mm-hmm. Vancouver, and you can get tickets at boardoftrade.com slash events. You can use code Moneris Ice for a full bursary at checkout for the workshop registration. Great. And uh, finally, we have some e-commerce North news. Yes, the second cohort of e-commerce North will be kicking off on March 23rd. Mm-hmm to stay updated on all the latest and greatest news, you can visit ecommercenorth.ca. 
Great. So just for a rundown, March 7th, we have our, our uh, CFO, Winnie Lung, at the Dress for Success event. March 11th, we have the Vancouver Border Trade Ice Workshop. And March 23rd is the kickoff to e-commerce north. You got it. Perfect. I'll post the details and links to these events in the show notes for this podcast. Thank you so much, uh, Amanda, for your time today. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And that's all we have for this month. I hope you found this episode informative. Before we sign off, I'd like to take a moment to promote another Moneris podcast that you might enjoy called Yes, We Are Open. Here's a little teaser. Running a small business in Canada is no small matter. Here are eight stories to prove it. There's times where we didn't pay ourselves. This was my dream, but it became her nightmare. Eight stories of success. The future is bright. The online took off and it's been good. Listen to all eight stories now on the Yes, We Are Open podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts. It's called Yes, We Are Open. Yes, we are way open. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to this podcast. And yes, we're open wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, share this podcast with your network or review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And finally, if you have a payment related question you'd like to submit to one of our experts like Daniel, you can email us at podcast at Join us again next month for more expert insight and data to help grow your business. Yale, thank you so much for co-hosting. Well, thank you for having me, Al. On behalf of Yale, myself, and the rest of Moneris, thank you for listening to Shop Talk. Talk again in April.